Welcome back to the United Pubcast. Now, that background noise you're hearing, there's a unique, there's a uniqueness about today's episode, Tom. You, do you know what that is? Manchester United are back in a title race. Well, not not quite, but what is special about today is we are back at the pub. The name of this podcast is finally getting the respect it deserves once again. It feels good to be back. I can't tell you the last time I've seen you. It was a little bit weird walking in here and having to shake your hand. I'm a bit wary that you're not wearing a mask, but um, it'll do for a time being. You're hardly socially distancing from me, mate, so I'll take that as um, just take it as friendly banter. But what wasn't banter was the way United were very professional in the result today against Newcastle United. Again, United can't keep a clean sheet, but it was a very professional performance. Let's break it down bit by bit. Um, the starting eleven, Dan James starts. It's probably the one that did raise the most eyebrows. Did, well, we, was it a surprise to you? Well, it was a surprise to me because I remember the last podcast we did was saying, okay, Dan James did good against Sociedad. But okay, Newcastle at home, Newcastle going to park the bus. It is the last game you're going to put Daniel James in because there'll be no space in behind. So when his name comes out on the team sheet, you're thinking, oh, God, it's going to be the same old story. Then you fast forward 90 minutes, he scored the match-winning goal. And while he wasn't fantastic, he's put in a good performance. So mm. please don't listen to the podcast because we obviously know nothing about what we're talking about. Yeah, obviously. I'm sure I got it right. I was surprised. I did think this was the game for one mother who, as it turns out, comes on in the 90th odd minute. But look, I thought Dan James actually played pretty well. Let's talk about individual performances. And look, given the, the actual events of the game, it wasn't very eventful. So we might go on a bit of a tangent with this podcast. Dare I say it, we'll have a conversation at the pub like most football fans do enjoy. So if we look at it, I thought Marcus Rashford had... In my opinion, he's almost you could almost say his best performance of the season. If not, it was definitely one of his best in a well long time. I think he's... With Marcus Rashford, I'm sure we'll get on Anthony Martial, you always compare the performances no matter what. Even if one plays and one doesn't play, you'll always compare the two. And with Rashford at the moment, I think his performances, they're just popping up with goals. So he has the goal to back him up or he has the assist to back him up where Anthony Martial... I think his performance look a hell of a lot worse because he has nothing to show for it. Mm. So you say that that's Rashford's best performance this season. I'm sure he's had better ones, but again, an all-important goal. Um, did he grab an assist? I forget. Oh, he got the assist. To the pen- he won the penalty. So um, Dubious. Uh, while it was dubious, it's not a penalty for me. However, the stupidity of the defender, uh, Willard, was a stupid tackle. Oh, what? Well, so yeah. he deserved to give away a penalty. So he definitely take it. And um, it's good to see Bruno Fernandes finally get another penalty at Old Trafford. But in regards to Rashford and his performance, again, when we get into 3-2-1, he's probably up there. Not vintage Marcus Rashford, but how can you argue with him? He keeps popping up with these goals, and I can't criticise him for that. The only reason I say best performance of the season is... And look, there's been games where he, he scored a hat-trick this season, for Christ's sake. But what I liked about this performance was there wasn't the patchiness that normally comes with a Rashford performance over the 90 minutes there wasn't a, a constant loss of possession there wasn't a sloppy pass there wasn't a being out of position I thought his all-round game with the ball was really good now I will say while his goal was well taken I thought the defending from the Newcastle right back was atrocious it's, uh, we've had this discussion so many times on this podcast in regards to we'll look at this and say fantastic play by Marcus Rashford However, if that's Aaron Wan-Bissaka defending, we're saying that's poor defending. So the same thing with even the finish. We're saying good near-post finish by Marcus Rashford. If that's David De Gea who lets that in, poor well, we're saying it's poor goalkeeping yeah. and he gets beaten at the near-post. So it's one of those. That we'll sit here and say, great, nutmeg and great finish. Newcastle is saying, woeful schoolboy defending and sell the goalkeeper. You can't get beaten at the near-post. 
Well, talking of getting beaten at the near post, it wasn't the first time that the goalkeeper did have to experience that. Um, <laughs> United, again, conceding from... Well, initially it was a set piece. We've seen the ball being played in. And I've got to say, I thought St. Maximin so dangerous. Every time he had the ball, he, he gave United headaches. I'd say he's like a poor Marcus Rashford. Do you, th- you know, he actually reminds me of Nani, yeah, the way well, he plays. Do you see that? Yeah, that moment's a brilliant. So when he gets the ball, you think, oh, something can happen here. Mm. Or, but you also know, well, he could put the ball in Rosette. So more likely put it in Rosette than the top corner. But he did put it in the top corner. He that. did. And it, w- it was a good shot. And I've got to say, the way the ball went up and dipped, I was very surprised to see on the replay. He side-footed the ball. which It was a hard connection for him to do. It was a yeah. quite a difficult chance. Um, fair play to him. It was a decent finish. Look, I saw Harry Maguire got a lot of criticism for the header. I think when you come in, when you, your first instinct in normal motion is when you see that header, everyone goes, oh, it's a good defensive header, cleared the ball. Then when you see it in slow motion and it results in a goal, well, he then gets criticised for a bad defensive header. I think in real time, Harry Maguire did all he could. Considering just, if it was off the back of his head, I can't be too critical, really. Yeah, just unfortunate, I think, that that's the second ball. I'm not going to blame anyone for not being close to the same maximum, but someone probably should have been. I think that that's all about the second ball. Harry Maguire did his job of winning it. Who's react, who reacts quicker? Newcastle reacted quicker on this occasion. I will come back to you about the defence. Um, but like we, we were talking about, it wasn't the first time the goalkeeper was beaten at the near post. Um, again, well, we've seen United did fall behind after that. Well, not fall behind. It was a deadlock um, at the one all. Go into the break. We come out and an unlikely hero, uh, to say the least, in Dan James. Nemanja Matic plays it. I don't know if he was looking for Dan James. I I, 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 watched, I had the same feeling as you. I thought, no, he's not meaning to. But then I watched it on the replay, and I think maybe he's maybe he did. Okay, I maybe. But Bruno's tried to get the ball. Well, somehow Bruno's managed to get an assist for this. Somehow. Yeah, that, he gets a touch uh, on it. It'll outrageous. Become, but it knocks onto his tally, and we'll sit here in six months' time and say there's another goal involvement. Like it'll just be okay. That's thirty assists. Mm. Well, really, it should be twenty nine. But that's how he keeps popping up with these crucial touches. But, all right, so. Look, nonetheless, good finish by Dan James. Puts his eyes up, again, beats the keeper at the near post. And you have to say, if you're the Newcastle goalkeeper, his name escapes me at the moment, but it's two of very avoidable goals for Newcastle. Now, that, that's not from a Manchester United perspective. You take the result nonetheless, but... Look, look I've been very sort of praiseworthy of Daniel James in the past. He's got a lot of, and I have criticised him on here, but he gets a lot of criticism. And I don't want to throw a stick at him here. That finish, I have a feeling he has gone for the far post. He just tried to smash it, and he even hasn't hit it too cleanly. And that is why it has gone to the near post, where the goalkeeper maybe anticipates a far post finish. And that is why he gets beat at the near post, because Daniel James gets his finish wrong. Now, he doesn't get his finish wrong because he scores the goal. It's fantastic, but, yeah, it's almost sunned up Dan James, that type of finish. Dan and James. I don't want to criticise because No, it's a no, not goal. at all. I've actually been thinking about this since the Real Sociedad game, and while his quality clearly isn't what you'd call the typical Manchester United level, he is clearly effective in certain situations. He's shown that today, he's shown that midweek, and it's two goals in a couple of days, it's two goals in two games, and he, he is effective. And I think that with the right players around him and we've spoken about this a long time ago it was probably pre-COVID you made an excellent point which now we can see it you said in a Sir Alex Ferguson era Dan James looks like the perfect complement to a squad he, he well rounds the squad and to say he comes in in limited games but when he does come in he can do the job and I think we're seeing that when you've got the quality of Marcus Rashford Bruno Fernandes and co you can bring a Dan James in for these sorts of matches and scores a goal you can't really argue with that 
there was one criticism I did have of him. I think it was um, it, it was before the Bruno Fernandez penalty. He got an opportunity wide, and he went across the ball to Mason Greenwood. And he's just acted too slow in getting the ball across. The, the defenders ended up coming across, and the ball goes out for a corner. Do you recall that? I don't, I don't recall play. that specific incident, but sometimes he does get the ball in such whether this is close to the box or just sort of in that final third attacking area. He gets the ball in so much space, and he almost you can see in his mind ticking over. Mm. He has three or four options, and he knows the right one to take, and he just thinks, "Okay, that is the right one. That's a little bit too easy. Well, why is it so easy?" And he sort of gets too, caught in two minds. Like, well, I should be doing that. No, that, that's too easy. I'll have to try and find something else. It's, it's too obvious. The defense will read that. Well, sometimes he should just back his pace. Like sometimes, okay, the space is limited. It was the opportunity where he looked up and he got that burst of pace and got ahead of the defence. It was right in on goal. Yeah, well, he gets in there, and I think sometimes he's had a few occasions, and this will definitely play on a player's mind. Where Dan James is, if you're going to rank sort of superiority in the squad, is quite low when you compare to a Rashford or Pogba to a Bruno to a Harry Maguire, players like that. So when they walk into a dressing room, you, you do have a rank in the dressing room. Daniel James would be quite low. Now, Daniel James then overhits across or underhits across. Those high-profile players are going to look at him and say, what the hell are you doing? And that will play on a young player's mind. Well, I still classify Dan James as a young 22 player. 22 years old, yeah. And, and, and experience him just in terms of that rank in the dressing room. And one or two times that happens, and you're starting to piss off the high-profile players in the squad, the next time you get in that position and you're in a crossing position, you think, geez, I should be shooting here, but Bruno's calling for the ball. I, I want to shoot here. I think that's the right option. But if I don't... Bruno's going to get annoyed. I'll, I'll go away from my instinct and I'll pass to Bruno where the shot should have been on, for example. Mm. So um, I think Dan James is starting to get sort of caught in two minds a little bit. But um, I can't criticise him. He's come and scored two goals. And this, I know we've won three ones, but for me it's a match-winning goal. You know, the one credit I will give Dan James, if you look at United's performances this season, and arguably you could say since Antonio Valencia became a right-back, the, the, what he does do is he, he does give balance to the side. He, he hugs that right-hand touchline and he spreads out the, the opposition's defence as a result. So while not as effective, while yes, you can definitely upgrade on him, I think you can definitely put your hand up and say he definitely brings balance to the squad, which in turn gives space to the better players um, in, in the starting well, 11. Well, in regards to that, and I'm sure people will say, no, he's been in games where it has been a nightmare. But off the top of my head, I know we conceded today defensively, we conceded a goal. But off the top of my head, looking back at this season, our most comfortable games defensively, and I mean that in saying sort of we concede the least amount of chances, have been with Daniel James in the side. Now, he frustrates me so much in the way he defends in, turn, in, in the attacking third where he presses defenders. I think mm. he's woeful the Clueless. way. He, what, I think he's shocking the way he presses, almost like Bruno Fernandes, just chewing with his head cut off, just going nowhere. But in terms of that balance and shape, when the other team does have the ball and are attacking... I think he gives really good support to Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the right-hand side. So, um, but just there, I saw a stat pop up on Twitter. And, look, it's just a simple fact. You cannot argue with this. We've got Daniel James has played eight games in the Premier League this season. Three goals. How much did Kai Havertz cost? 80 million, something, 90 million. So he's end up going to potentially be costing more than Paul Pogba. Has one goal after 18 games. And I just think, okay, we're going to have a bit of a joke about it. Yeah, but you do know, do need to start respecting what Daniel James is giving to the squad. You've got a ninety million pound player in Kai Havertz doing that for Chelsea, and suddenly, okay, he's almost not talked about. But Dan James has been thrown under the bus every single week, and oh, three goals in eight games in just the Premier League. He's also scored in the Europa League as well. You need we need to start respecting him more. Yes, I think his future is away from Old Trafford, but 
tomorrow's a tomorrow's this season you need to deal with this season Daniel James is contributing I'm happy for him he's almost like I mean this in a really polite way he, he's, he reminds me of the fat kid in school who always got bullied but gets that redemption story you know like it, it, I mean that because if you look at social media when he does one thing wrong if Bruno Fernandes makes the same mistake it's magnified times 100 because it's Dan James because people know his limitations and they go hard on him so you know I just, I'm happy for him when he does do well in games like today. Um, but nonetheless, um, look, Tom, we should go to 3-2-1s. But before we do, Bruno Fernandes did score a penalty today. And I don't know about you, but do you almost find yourself laughing to yourself every time he gets awarded? Did you see the Gary Neville tweet? No. Gary Neville did a tweet. It was fantastic. I urge everyone to go on to Gary Neville's timeline. Just watch the last week of tweets in regards to Liverpool's misfortunes. But especially this one. He just holds the camera up in sort of selfie mode right in front of him. Just staring blankly at the camera. And he just says, Bruno, and gives a little bit of a wink and just a little bit of a wry smile as he sort of converts the penalty because, look, as we've said, probably not a penalty. But um, I think that adds to the sort of charm that what sort of a Bruno Fernandez goal, at Old Tra- a Bruno Fernandez penalty at Old Trafford brings because I think overall like, this one is dubious. I think there was one at Norwich last season which was dubious. But overall, I think most of the penalties have been sort of given, been awarded, have been penalties. But there is this perception that we've been awarded sort of unjust penalties. Have we had a penalty? I think this was the first penalty United have been given since Jurgen Klopp made his comments. Well, Harry Maguire got crucified after, was it the West Brom game? He came out and was saying, since other people, a.k.a. Jurgen Klopp, came out and spoke about United's sort of record with VAR and penalties, we haven't been given and Harry Maguire was thrown under the bus. So I think that was out of the frustration of the draw to West Brom. Mm. But he had to come out and say something because you saw that change when Jurgen Klopp mentioned something. It changed. Now Harry Maguire's mentioned something. I'm not saying it has directly changed, but... Half the genius of Sir Alex Ferguson was what he said in the press conferences. He got into the referee's psyche. Why are we criticising our captain for doing the exact same thing? What, because it, what, some, what some people perceive as not good enough or not United captain calibre, etc., Harry Maguire is doing exactly what Sir Alex Ferguson did. So if, you, if you're one of those fans criticising him for that, then I'm sure you're not a fan of Sir I, Alex I think that, Ferguson. And look, who knows what the mindset of our fan base is online. Like, you can't, you can't read it. I think that wasn't so much... Harry Maguire, I think that was born out of the frustration that we lost to West Brom. Or sorry, Drew to West Brom. Um, if we, we had won... If his head went in in the 95th minute and won that game and he said the same thing, everyone would have been on Twitter saying, hashtag my captain. I'm detouring a little bit here, but... Hasn't the fan base changed? It really has. Like, if you think of... If I think maybe five, six years ago, you go on Twitter, I I truthfully believed United fans were one of the most sensible. Like, you could talk to most United fans. They're they're pretty level-headed. I just... I don't know if it's an age group thing where we're seeing now teenagers... Oh, it's a big age group thing, I think. Is it that they only saw the back end of Sir Alex's years and maybe that's all that they know and it's just this expectation of... You know, you have to be winning at all or you're failing. I just, I don't understand it because... I think it's not just the United thing. It's a society thing. We mm. need fixes now. Instant success. In everything, you have a phone. If it's too slow, you go get a new phone which loads your games or apps quicker. Everything, if the internet's slow, you need quicker internet to get everything quicker. And I think United now, or football fans in general, but we'll look at it from a United point of view. If we draw on the weekend, people think, hang on, that's not good enough. I wanted to win this weekend. So they throw the toys out of the pram. And um, look, it is a Man United issue. It's a football issue. But I mean, in general, it's a society and life issue, I think. Mm, in conclusion, people do suck. I agree. Tom, let's let's go three, two, ones before we do get into the Facebook comments. Um, who was your man of the match today? I have no idea. 
Um, look, I don't think it was Daniel James, but I want to put him in the discussion because I just feel so good for him because he does get criticised so much. And I've criticised him, but he, I obviously do sort of, I wouldn't say rate him, but maybe like him more than a lot of fans do. As you said, Rashford was good, and again, he's just such a threat, even regardless of how he plays. Even if Rashford's having a stinker, he's almost like Bruno Fernandes you know, plays the game in a completely different way. But when Rashford is off the boil, you think, well, next time he gets the ball, he might put it in the top corner. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think he scored an important goal. I think he's in with a shout. I thought... I thought Fred was freaking awesome today. He's I, not one people are talking about. I thought he's passing at times. I wanted to throw him... Grab him by the neck. He's passing at times. I was, oh my god! Fred. I take that, but I think he made the midfield tick. I thought he, and not, I didn't think Matic was horrible. I thought he, he almost played a Matic shot. And again, Matic is usually so careful with the ball, and Fred so careless with the ball. But I, th- <laughs> I, but I think in that area of the pitch, I think Fred, well, Matic wasn't poor. I thought Matic was quite important sort of overall throughout the ninety minutes. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought Fred maybe shaded the, not a midfield battle. He's on the same team as Matic. But I thought Fred maybe shaded that. Put his stamp in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and look, Fred does have that energy, which games like that do need. But um, I wouldn't be, sh- yeah, I wouldn't argue Rashford for three points. I have to agree with you there. I thought the Englishman was very good. Um, on that, it would should I think Dan James for two points is a very reasonable shout. Look, it was a, I wouldn't say a Dan James performance, but we said before the game that it was the last type of game that he would suit. And the game was probably a little bit more open than I anticipated. I think Newcastle... Yeah, I have to agree with that, yeah. Newcastle created a lot more than I thought they would. So maybe, I don't know if Solskjaer anticipated that. I think he'd be... I don't think he did. I think he probably thought Newcastle... Well, he knows, he's got a former teammate who's the coach. Maybe there was a bit of collusion there. Steve Bruce is a United fan, after all. Yeah, there was. A, and there was no, Nicky Butt, who was in the... Um, yeah, in the, the dugout the, with, the coach with staff, Solskjaer. Who's obviously an ex-Newcastle player, but I think we're reading a bit too much into that. Oh, I'm being silly. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Dan James, again, match-winning goal for me, and I wouldn't say proving people wrong, because I think the same questions are still going to be there of Daniel James, and rightly so. But I think when a player who gets so much abuse and criticism like he does, when he contributes and performs like this, you have to take your hat off, and I think you give a little bit more weight to it because of the abuse that he does get. So, okay. two points for me. One point, I guess it's a flip of the coin. We did start opening with the three two ones, complimenting Fred. Well, you criticising Fred, yet complimenting him. I, I'd I be thought happy Luke to... Shaw wasn't wasn't bad. I thought yeah, he provided a bit show. of an outlet. Yeah, and I wouldn't say, David De Gea definitely not, but he was quite busy. He, he did a fair bit. He oh, De Gea kills me because the goal that Saint Maximin that ends up in the back of the net, De Gea three years ago saves that. I don't look. I, I, look, all in all, you can't be too critical of the goalkeeper there. But David De Gea, by his standards, saved that three years ago. We remember the highlights that he, he did save when he put the ball out of the top corner. We don't remember three years ago. Can you remember a goal that was scored against him? I'm sure we conceded plenty, but you don't remember the goals that he conceded. Because they were good goals, Tom. Like it's just it's those ones now where he's getting his hand to it in the past where if he gets his hand to it, it stays out. Yeah. Now he's getting his hands to shots, but they're still going but in. But there was one, and I discussed this uh, on the last podcast in regards to the way we treat certain players in terms of if they do the same thing, we have different perceptions on how they did it. And there was one where during the week where Dean Henderson caught the ball, gave it a quick roll out, Fred got the assist for the Rashford, um, yep. Rashford goal. There was another one here today where De Gea caught the ball, quick release. I think it might have been a Fred or to Matic or it might have been Luke Shaw. Exactly the same scenario. And we didn't do anything wrong. I think the player played it out to the right-hand side. No one remembers that quick release, though. Exactly the same thing. 
but we're praising Dean Henderson three days ago for it, but we're not praising David De Gea for it this time. And, and look, David, he doesn't deserve praise for it. It was a normal release, mm. but we're praising Dean Henderson three days ago for it. I do maintain that while I don't think today's performance is De Gea's, you know, de- dethroning, I-, I do think that Henderson's all-round goalkeeping could potentially be better. I- I've said it before, I think De Gea's strength is his shot-stopping abilities, and if that does let him down, I think there will be an opportunity. Maybe not soon, maybe not this season, but I think there will be an opportunity in the next 18 months for Dean Henderson to take that number one spot. Now, whether he does it or not is completely up to him. Um, While we've gone a complete detour talking about the number one, we haven't locked in the uh, person or a nominee for the one-pointer. I'm happy to go with your Luke Shaw Luke Shaw nomination, I thought he, he, he did play quite well today. Yeah, no, hard to argue with that. But I'll go on to um, Facebook comments as quickly. Everyone's 3 2 ones. Vin has gone James for man on the match, three points, two for Rashford, and Luke Shaw for one. So same as us, but a bit of a different routine. Um, Josh has gone three for Rashford, two for Maddich, and one for Daniel James. Rob I can has... understand the Maddich one. Yeah, Matt Maddich and Fred, yeah. Either or whatever floats your boat. Maddich has two. a bit of Carrick about him where I think Carrick was better with the ball overall, but when when Maddich is having a good game, he's just quiet, he's blending in in the background. Yeah. It's, look, it's one of those Newcastle at home in the middle of February, 3 1 win. In May, in May, we're not going to be talking about this match. You, no, you, you won't even remember the goal scorers. Um, Emma has gone 3 for Rashford, 2 for James, and 1 for Fred. And Rob has also... He's given Bruno three points and James two points and Rob, Rashford for one. seriously, mate, it's generous. I thought Bruno... Not bad today, just not, not effective, not really in the game. I, I agree with that, and I see that point of view, but I also say that, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts, when Bruno is, is playing like that, and forget the goals, forget the assists, when he plays like that, I prefer that than when he's getting on the ball and just turning over, oh, turning yeah. over. No, it's for but, sure. Um, no, it's an inter- interesting shout there for Rob for three points. But on Rob, um, make sure you go and um, support his podcast, the IFT podcast. Um, it's a football thing. There's three of his, two of his mates sort of talk about Premier League football. And it's probably a good one this week because um, he's the only one to win. All the results seem to go our favour. He does it with an Arsenal mate and a Chelsea mate. And um, they're all dropping points. Chelsea dropped to Southampton. Arsenal conceded early to Man City and couldn't get back. And um, United were the ones who were able to capitalise. And took full advantage which usually we don't take advantage when we get thrown that bone no we don't so credit to you Rob you haven't done anything but we'll we'll give you credit anyway Um, before we do look ahead to Real Sociedad and potentially an eye on Chelsea um, the young lad made his debut today Um, his last name escapes me I know it's Shona it's Shola Shola sorry last week I was saying Shaw Tire but the commentator seemed to have me believe it's more of a Shora Tire or he's Nigerian well, this is why I didn't want to bother let's just call him Shola Shola okay. Shola yeah, not, well, not Shola Amiobi but just Shola well, well Shola came on today he didn't He didn't really do much well before but... that the main thing for me and I we discussed this before and I don't think you noticed it mm. but did you notice the interesting thing with the substitution besides one matter coming on no Lee Grant was the fourth official Lee Grant was holding up the substitution board oh seriously he was I didn't see that could you imagine go on Twitter t- just type in Lee Grant or type in Shortai or Sh- um, Kevin's running through the referees as well, is it? Yeah, they're running short on fourth officials. I don't know if he You're did kidding. The, I don't know if he did the other substitutions, but definitely that one where Matter and Scholler is coming on. Lee Grant's up there in the back holding the fourth official border. Oh, so, there you so, go. So fair play to His him. debut's memorable, but not for the reasons he would have liked. Um, but by the way, he, he's a fantastic player. We're in the under-23s at least. Again, one of those players with a fantastic goal record, technically sound, quick, 
Do you think we'll see much of him? Well, we got Real Sociedad on Friday. Do you think it could be one where we do see more kids? Look, last week we said play all the kids, and that would be fantastic to see. But I saw him come on today and did nothing wrong, did well. Fantastic. It was great to see did him. Did he touch the ball? Great to see him. Yeah, he got on the ball once or twice. Again, a lot like Diallo during the week. Yeah. Good, but nothing. Uh, didn't have many, much time. But I look at that and think, okay, it would be great to see him play against Sociedad. He's a kid. Yeah, he was a kid He's playing. A, he was a kid playing a man's game small today. Man, yeah. I think Diallo, because of the money play, the money spent on him. Even Diallo is quite. Yeah, but but, but, I, but I think he comes in. He's played senior football, so he yeah. comes in for Sociedad. Shola, look at everyone will say throw him on. I don't think it's right. I'll put him on the bench, one hundred percent. Look, if you're going to do it, European footballs. Are, look, European football is a good way to introduce these kids. It's a less physical game compared to the English. Yes, yeah, so yeah, that is the case. You could definitely. That, that, that is an advantage for him but I look at that and we did say play the kids and I agree with that but then when you sort of take a step back and realise where we are and what the squad needs it's okay. a, you need experience on that pitch well, well just in minutes in regards to what players need so Dan Henderson will come in Tellers needs game time so you need to play Tellers yeah, yeah, Brandon sure. Williams needs to play okay Brandon Williams probably in that youth category um, Eric Bailey needs to play um, uh, Daniel James I don't know. You may, maybe he's a first-team player now. Maybe he rests. I think Greenwood comes in. Um, Diallo comes in. But Did you like Greenwood um, being deployed centrally when he came on, by the way? Yeah, it was just a weird game. Because we were poor, when, you have, when you're looking for that centre-forward, you're looking, OK, can he score a goal? Can he create a chance? Mm. wasn't that game. So I think when he came on, it was just... Had a few shots, but nothing really... It's weird long-term you want to, just want to see him play. Well, he wants to play there. He came out... Did you see that he did the YouTube video with Rio Ferdinand? And he did say that he, he does definitely see his future as a centre-forward. He acknowledges he does need to fill out. Oh, yeah. No, look, he's got all the attributes. And, look, you've just seen him, buddy. You've seen Marcus Rashford physically develop. And, again, not comparing the two, but you've seen the ultimate sort of example in Ronaldo, the way he developed. And he took yeah. years to develop. So, so Greenwood has time on his side. Um... He does deserve more game time, though. So, whether he gets a start in, the, in that centre forward role against Sociedad, maybe Martial, that... you could argue, needs whatever game time he can get to just get his confidence up. Well, there, there, there's a case. Okay, Martial needs that, but does Greenwood deserve a starting role at centre forward over Martial? I'd almost be willing to give it to him, yeah. Because if you're talking to me about what does the United side look like in three years, I think Greenwood's a mainstay. I, I don't see Martial at United in three years the way he's going. Unfortunately, because you know I'm a massive fan, but his dip-off has really been concerning this season. I can't because the thing is, you can't even put your finger on what's wrong. Yeah, look, I think the obvious answer is confidence. He's not confident, and but the reason he's not confident is because he's not playing well. So mm. the reason he's not playing well. So it's a it's a hard one thing. But I'm looking at him get the ball. Like the ball comes into feet, and when I see, I can see his mind ticking over, and he's trying the right thing. So when I see Rashford, Rashford's sort of playing his own game, and Rashford. It's working for him and it's working for the team. So, look, Rashford is the one doing better. I can't argue with that. But Rashford's playing his individual game, get the ball, try and score. Where I can see Martial, he's trying to do the right thing for the team, but it's not coming off. He's trying five-yard passes, but Dan James drops his right shoulder, Dan, uh, Martial plays to his left shoulder. Like, it just, it, think of that when you're out of form, right? What, what does your coach normally tell you to do? Hey, mate, go back to basics. Yeah. So I think Martial's in that... He's an instinctive player, yeah. so he just wants to do what comes natural to I, him. I think sometimes when you try and simplify things in it your mind, it, it complicates Absolutely. it. Because you're trying, okay, this is the simple thing, I'll do this, but you're having to think about it. And when you have to think about something, it's a nightmare. Mm. You look at some strikers when they're, when they're in on goal, 
if they're dribbling on goal and it's just them and the goalkeeper, they panic because they have so much time to think about it. But when the ball just fires to them and they hit a first-line volley, it's instinctive. It just comes off. Football psychology, and that's the thing. I'd love to, if we can do it, uh, and you know, if you if you're listening to this podcast and it is something you'd be interested in. Maybe if there's someone who's in a football psychology or someone who's like sports psychology, it's just it's interesting to see how someone so technically gifted like Martial second guesses himself something so simple like a pass coming into him. Well, I was having this discussion with a few people on Twitter and Facebook today after the game, and I criticised Martial, and I was fully accepting of their criticism. But I'm thinking, well, okay, Cavani in an old-fashioned sense is a better centre forward. Okay, I accept that. However, you look at all their attacking players and Greenwood can be maybe world-class potentially. Greenwood might be that top bracket. But other than that, people won't want to hear this, but Martial is our best attacker. Like, he's our best attacker. I agree 100%. In, in, in regards to his ability and what he brings and the way he plays, he's our best attacker. Now, he obviously isn't at the moment because he's not producing. Daniel James is a better attacker because he's producing performances, producing goals. Marcus Rashford is doing the same thing. But in regards to ability and the way he plays the game, if he plays well, we've got a hell of a player on our hands. The only issue is he's not playing well. Yeah, well, he turns 25 years of age fairly soon. Oh, is he already? No, he's already 25, Martial. So he's been there a while. Really, look, I think next season will be the one where Solskjaer will say, look, mate, you're going to have to lift your socks up. And we've seen this before, you know. If you think of, obviously, not going to reach his levels. Ronaldo, after 07, 08, he dips off for United. He scores, I think he ends up still with 30-odd goals. Oh, yeah, well, define a dip. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right, but he came off 42 goals, but then he goes to Real Madrid, record-breaking season for him at that point. So I'm just hoping with Martial, maybe it's just one of those seasons where he dips off. Rooney, when he scored the 34-goal season, he dips off after that because he had all his contract issues and he comes back after being out of the side. The season after... The one where it goes right to the nail with City. He, again, he returns a 30-plus goal season. So maybe with Martial, it's just one of those seasons where it just falls off for him. Yeah. No, look, I mean, that's when everyone's saying sell him, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But it is our player of the season last year. Uh, and without penalties, too. Like, that's an important factor. Our leading goal scorer, 23 goals without penalties. I, I think if someone wins your player of the season award, you do have to give them... If they do have a poor season, I think you do have to give them a bit of sort of safe and grace and to give him a bit of patience. If he has his season next year, I'll be the first to say get rid of him. Yeah, he'll go to PSG and score 60 after that. But I think that's a good place to leave the podcast, mate. Um, obviously, we've got Real Sociedad. We'll discuss the win there. Hopefully, we win. Um, and then we've obviously got well, a massive honest, game I'll take a 3 loss against Sociedad. You know what? I would too, just for the pure banter of it. I want to sweat a little bit. <laughs> But anyway, Tom, pleasure as always. How good has it been being back at the pub, by the way? Yeah, no, nice to have a beer. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. All right, mate, we'll leave it there. Chat Friday. Beautiful. Cheers.